0: Welcome to the Human Habit Podcast, where we bring you insights into everyday human behavior and help you to change your habits, change your life, and transform yourself. I'm your host and brother, Ibrahim Salaman, the mm. Human Habit Guy, a street scientist in the School of Everyday Life. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. All praise and all thanks due to Allah. Hi, everyone. I hope you are good and well in good health and imam of faith. InshaAllah. Welcome back to another episode of the Human Habit Podcast and inshallah in today's episode I have a very 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 special dear brother Abdul Malik Fozan, and in today's episode I have the pleasure and the honor to pick my dear brother's brain for his knowledge experience and wisdom he's someone who has made some big personal decisions and self-transformation in recent years so, inshallah, we'll be uh, talking about uh, his life story and sharing the lessons he's learned, inshallah, so that we can all benefit. So, without further ado, I want to welcome my dear brother Abdul Malik to the Human Habit Podcast. Abdul Malik, welcome to the Human Habit Podcast, bro. Barakalafik,
1: salaam alaikum wa rahmatullahi Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, <laughs> and uh, you know, just share my story. If it can benefit anyone, then. You know, it's not gone to waste. So I appreciate you taking the time out to have me here today. Barak
0: Yeah, bro. No, thank you for being willing to share your story. It takes courage and to want to share your life experience and lessons with others. And definitely, people will benefit, and we hope Allah accepts it of us. Mm -hmm. And as you always remind us, Mashallah, that's a good habit you have, (laughs) Mashallah. (laughs) (laughs) So straight away, I don't know, you have got a good habit there, (laughs) Inshallah. So, and I know in recent years, and Mashallah, you embraced Islam. But before we get to that, just if you can just take us back a little bit to, and back to the beginning of your story, and where were you born? Where you, where were you raised? And where you from? And where did you go to school? And then we start from. inshallah no problem
1: inshallah Um, so born in uh, Sheffield uh, to a Jamaican uh, household Um, my father is Jamaican born in Jamaica my mother is Jamaican but born in England she was the first of my grandparents' children born here Um, mother and father kind of got divorced when I was quite young so I moved from uh, Brightside, side, if anybody knows uh, Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, quite young too. An uh, area called Sharrow um in Sheffield as well. Uh, grew up. So majority of the time grew up my mother, alhamdulillah, my father was still involved in my life. Yeah. Uh, but I would usually just see him in the, you know, holidays from school, stuff like that. So okay. Yeah, it was so
0: just, you uh, so Sheffield born and bred, yeah. Sheffield <laughs> dad, mashallah.
1: Yeah, Yorkshire lad.
0: Yeah, where, where <laughs> did you go to school then?
1: So I went to school quite a few places. So in, initially, my first school was Saint Mary's, yeah. which is uh, near Forward, a Catholic school. Um, but then I uh, moved from there and then went to uh, Brightside, um, which was near, to, close to my house. Yeah. And then from there, I moved and went to Cheryl primary school then went on to secondary school at king edwards yeah and um, we then got kicked out from king edwards <laughs> yeah and yeah. then went to silverdale got kicked out from silverdale oh, right, yeah right and then went to a uh, school called heritage park and then got kicked out from there as well okay.
0: why why how come did we the school experience why did you get kicked out Were you i wasn't really
1: a bad kid you know i was yeah. more of a joker yeah like i've still kind of kept my uh comedian side entertainment side to, to you know still to this day yeah you know? so I think you know growing up it was kind of hard and difficult to understand why teachers would just kick me out but as I've matured and and being able to kind of objectively analyze the situation I realized that you know as a teacher you know if you think back to a, a classroom usually lessons are for an hour yeah um, so the teacher would probably start off with like a 15 minute you know warm-up Activity, maybe a fun activity to get their children into the focus. Yeah. Then go on to maybe a twenty-minute, thirty-minute, yeah. you know, of what learning objective, what you're actually going to do, and then maybe like a ten-minute recap on what they've learned. So, of course, if you've got you know somebody who's entertaining the whole classroom, making everybody <laughs> laugh, yeah, the whole point of the the lesson, then the teacher is very difficult for the teacher to stick to that structure. Yeah. So as I've got older, I've kind of realised that 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 was. The reason why. Yeah, maybe one of the cases as to why it was easier to remove me. But I think maybe if it would have, you know, then would have been somebody there who could have explained the importance of education and explained, you know, the importance of focusing and rather than just kind of kicking me out, maybe deconstructing it, what was causing me to feel the need. Because I was quite quite an intelligent kid, alhamdulillah. And I I was in all, all the top sets in school and stuff. So usually with children... Um, who are struggling in school? It shows you the fact that they uh, are trying to distract people from them not being able to know yeah. what to do, rather than being actually academically yeah. capable. With me, it was always it always used to baffle teachers because alhamdulillah, I was yeah. quite smart. So yeah. Um,
0: so, mashallah, yeah. Then in that case, you would assume why is he not enjoying? It? But this, you probably had this other passion in it for the comedian, like Hundred percent, man. It was the, like
1: a drug, really. Yeah. You know, I always kind of explained. Yeah. I always kind of enjoyed. Excuse me making people laugh, yeah. you know, I, I, I like to spread good vibes and yeah. positive energy. I've always kind of had that approach. So, you know, making someone laugh, it's always kind of, it's kind of got me out of trouble a lot of the times as well because yeah. I'm a bit of a joker. So, you know, sometimes,
0: yeah. You know, you so, yeah, it. so for you, it wasn't, like you said, for other kids, sometimes if they not like if they find it boring mm-hmm. or they hate it, and like you said, if they're not good at it, the academic side, they usually like cause trouble mm-hmm. just so they could actually get kicked out. So that's actually yeah, interesting that for you it was actually not, it was just that other had was more powerful. Yeah. Than that. yeah. Did you still manage to get good education? Like good Nah, good. so
1: I actually left school. I didn't get no GCSEs or anything like that. I had to retake everything at college. Yeah. So Yeah, it was kind of like, and then that that was the mad thing because, like I said, I actually enjoyed school. I liked going to school. Yeah. But I was.
0: (laughs) Was you social? You was more of the social, like having a laugh and a joke? Yeah, man.
1: I loved learning, like, I loved learning things. But I guess it's just kind of being able to, you know, facilitate that learning in a way that the student can grasp. You know, there's a lot of different learning capabilities. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of teachers, they're kind of one dimensional with their teaching and they, you know, create an education yeah. or in a way where only certain people can grasp it. Yeah. Whereas if you find a way of teaching people and then being able to accommodate the different learning
0: you Mef- know, methods. Your style, is it? Like a learning style. What's your like, style? What would you say is your style? Did, what, what did you find? Did you not find engaging? I think did you I'm more of engaged? a
1: practical learner, you know. Okay, yeah. I think I'm more of somebody who's hands-on. So, you know, I was always in, you know, the top sets, alhamdulillah. But, I mean, like, in terms of like You know chemistry and in terms of like PE drama, I was always you know smashing it because I was focused because I actually enjoyed what I was doing. I was hands on. Whereas if you're getting a different type of teaching, yeah, of course you you know you're gonna wanna entertain yourself in different ways, which is what I used to do. So I used to be a comedian.
0: Yeah, so that that was your form of like you found it. So you're so this so I would say like it looks like it was the learning style. That were, that were teaching that didn't suit you that's probably one another reason as well why percent I think a lot
1: of that. I think it was also going through you know a transition at, how at home as well.
0: Yeah, I was just going to go back to that question, which you remind me was how old were you when your parents
1: first them? Well, I remember going to moving to school when I was in year two, so I think you're seven years old. Oh,
0: know? so you were young. Yeah, that's another factor as well. There's so many factors that sometimes play in. In when you look back in it, you realise kind of yeah. like when you obviously you reflect as well. You got a habit of reflect. So probably, yeah, like a lot of things inter interact 100%. together in it. So obviously the transition of the parenting. And then also, moving to different... You know, when you move schools, mm. and how did you find like transitioning to new schools? Because well? that can be a challenge as well,
1: isn't it? 100%, because I guess, you know, I think what kind of benefited me was that we went to an infant school. So we had an infant school, and then we had junior school. So we had the nursery and the infant school in one building. Yeah. And then the junior school starting from year three upwards in another building. Yeah. So when I moved to that school, it was, like, new for everyone as well. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I came at the perfect time, alhamdulillah. So Kind of integrated. Plus, when you're good at sport, automatically in primary school, in school, any school, you're kind of the popular kid anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're, you're physically capable of being good at football or athletics or whatever, usually the fastest kid is the most popular kid. Yeah. And that was quite quick. I'm so yeah, so
0: so you're yeah. hundred meter, you're hundred meters. Yeah, yeah, so,
1: you know, going on to secondary school, I actually started to run for Sheffield A.C., which was like an athletics club. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I used to compete for like, you know, uh, city schools and stuff like that when I was younger, Um, northern championships, stuff like that. So um, I think that kind of saved me as well. So continuing up, like, you know, when I did get kicked out of school, you know, the one kind of thing that your parents have is that, you know, you've got school in the morning, you need to get to your bed. But with that not being a factor that was applicable to me, yeah, I used to be out late. So, you know, used to get times where, you know, my mum, mashallah, she used to come and, like, pick me up from chilling on the football pitch or whatever, late at night, yeah. whatever, with the other older boys who didn't have anything to do at that time as well kind of thing, you know, all kind of having similar so, journeys to myself. Yeah. So, you know, that, in the, those environments, you know, smoking, whether that's cannabis or cigarettes whatever Mm. was a common thing it was like a social thing yeah but for me because I had athletics going on I always kind of had that in the back of my mind that that would slow me down yeah it's almost like Allah's way of protecting me from becoming desensitized to those type of things so that I never really yeah that's good
0: yeah because obviously as an athlete you've got like the mindset of athlete you're training and doing your best so you know anything that's yeah so that's kind of gift as well yeah that's good I agree with you I used to be good at football and long distance running I wasn't 100 meter sprint I was more of a long distance but I do agree with you yeah because if you're good at something in school it, whether it's academic or sports it gives you like you said it gives you like something to enjoy in it you've got an enjoyable aspects of it which makes you obviously want to keep coming back to that place because you obviously have you know, good, good, good memory and emotional memory. There, hundred percent. So we were in uni. Did you go? And then did you go onto uni? And while we're on yeah, so, education,
1: so after education, hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do because yeah. I got kind of got, I kind of had a gap between year eight and year eleven. Like it was just in and out of school, changing school, didn't struggle to fit into a set stuff like that. So basically, that what kind of was whole life. Was wiped out completely
0: from year eight to 11. Is that when you year changed 11 again 11. a few times?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I initially got kicked out in year eight and then went to Silverdale in year nine, got kicked out there. Then went to Inclusion Center, and got kicked out there in year 10. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like, you, so, you know, fusion within for the, within the Inclusion Center. Because I was actually, like I said, academically capable, I actually wanted to learn. Whereas there was like a flip side, so there. You know, all the students cared about was just being able to go out and play football because they'd all struggled to be in a normal mainstream school. You know, for other reasons than what I had them. So I was wrongly placed there, which is what they later admitted. You know, it was literally like preparing you for a prison. So you had locks on every door. The teachers used to have to scan you out to go out of this door. And that door was literally trapped in literally sections of of the school kind of thing. Unless somebody let you out. Yeah. So it was mad. So I used to get frustrated in the classroom because all they used to want to do is just colouring in and draw pictures and stuff like that. And I actually used to want to learn because I enjoyed learning. And I felt like as time was going on, I was becoming more stupid, if you like. Yeah. So... They actually kicked me out of that school for wanting to learn rather than for any for any other reason. So um for me it was kinda like yeah, quite quite a difficult transition. But then yeah, I guess going on to to university I never really knew knew what I wanted to do. So I was always interested in crime documentaries and CSI and stuff like that. So I thought let me do a criminology degree. Yeah. So I ended up doing an access course at Norman College. And then going on to do a criminology degree but then when I did a criminology degree it was completely different to what I thought it was going to be it was more theoretical the psychology to crime rather than anything actually practical but at the same time I was grateful to kind of be able to move out of Sheffield and of course that gave me my mindset and it gave me an opportunity to tear myself out of the environment that I was in and be able to think for myself and learn independence and learn you know, a variety of things, I think. Which university was it, you said? It was Manchester Metropolitan. Oh, Manchester
0: Metropolitan, yeah, yeah.
1: Manchester, yeah. Yeah, so I moved to Manchester because I I liked football, so I'd already been there a few times to watch Manchester United play. Yeah. So I guess that was like a significant factor into why I actually wanted to go to Manchester. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, I kind of wanted to go there. I applied for Liverpool, but when I went to View, I got offered from Liverpool and Manchester. Yeah. But when I went to View Liverpool, I didn't really gravitate towards a city. And, you know, it wasn't just, my heart just wasn't in it, but with yeah. Manchester, I guess I preferred that city. So that's the one that I ended up going to in the end.
0: That's good, mashallah. Yeah. So before I could move on, I was going to say, uh, what did you want it to be when you were a kid? Did you have any aspirations? Everyone
1: just wants to be a footballer, innit? Yeah. You know?
0: So you were actually, you were a footballer?
1: Yeah, I wanted to be a footballer.
0: Yeah. yeah so that from a young age that you knew senior. you wanted. Them. Yeah. Did you play for like Sunday teams and stuff? Yeah, like that?
1: I played for. The thing is with football, it's all about opportunities. Like I was a good footballer, but I never really knew
0: yeah.
1: any teams. So I remember when I started secondary school, there yeah. was a team there called Sheffield Sixes. It was in the bottom division, but yeah, I used to like just kill yeah. it, To be honest, like yeah, in midfielder to, or a striker. I was like a winger because I was quick. Oh yeah, winger. So I used yeah. to just literally just be. Running around
0: like. Did you have like a Ryan Giggs mindset? Are you or different? That's more of
1: a skillful type of guy. I want to take on the whole team. To yeah, be honest. I use <laughs> what they probably call a ball hog in it. Yeah, I Brazilian. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the one I just. Like take a Brazilian. On, you know, everyone. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you, so you want to? Um, okay, so you were like a Brazilian, basically, <laughs> They kind of I yeah. Okay, so when did you discover Islam? Then when did you?
1: So I would say I, I discovered Islam. When I went to university. Yeah. But prior to that, I, would, I was exposed to Muslims. Yeah. So I was exposed to, you know, the terminology, Salam alaikum, wallahi, yeah. you know, mashallah. Is that from the area? Yes, yeah, right. from growing up in the area. Shara was quite a predominant Muslim area. There's a lot of Asians. There's a massive Asian community, massive, massive Pakistani community, massive Bengali community, and um, massive Somali community yeah. as well. So, of course, you become exposed to different terminology, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, in primary school, we used to have Eid parties and stuff yeah. like that. But I guess um, I wasn't exposed to Islam. So yeah. my initial understanding of what I thought was Islam was that it was this Asian Somali religion that, you know, Allah... It's a
0: culture, yeah. It's like Allah culture. was an
1: Asian person. I heard about Muhammad, Salah But I just assumed it was some Pakistani man. You know, I was very, very ignorant of the religion. So when I went to university, university kind of gives you that opportunity to reinvent yourself. So university gives you the opportunity to become whoever you want to be because nobody really knows who you are. So you could go there, and be portrayed to be whoever you are, and people, I guess, would just assume that that's who you've always been. Yeah. And when you're growing up in an area where you've not really had a father role, you've not really had a masculine figure involved in your life, then of course you take to the streets, you take to the olders on the ends, who you know you're, you're gravitated towards because every person in life needs that you know male role model. That's why you have a mother and a father. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. So. I guess that was the mindset that I that I was, you know, taken towards, um, you know, especially when you consider how, you know, young black males are portrayed in music videos or young black males are portrayed in the media. You know, you kind of fall into this self-fulfilling prophecy where you assume that that's who you are. I had no prior knowledge of who I was before that, any history, black history, nothing like that. Yeah. So I went to university and I kind of went down that route in terms of, portraying myself as somebody who was, you know, attaining to be that type of lifestyle. So you live that type of lifestyle. So, you know, wanting to be like a hustler, portraying myself as a bad boy, like falling into that route. And then at the moment I did that because I'd always, I guess, had that, that, that thirst or that, that urge for belonging to something. Mm. A lot of people want to hang around with you, you know, because yeah. badness, evil, haram, is decorative. Yeah, It's very attractive. You yeah. know, one of the things that Shaitan said he would do is he would decorate what's evil for them. Yeah. You know? So people are kind of naturally drawn to badness, you know, not to say I was some Pablo Escobar or, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to expose, you get me, but I was just kind of, you know, doing whatever and then yeah people was around I even at one point I even made music, started making music and kind of really I never realised the power of music you know yeah. to the extent I remember being back in Sheffield and a little kid came up to me and like took a picture of me and it was like you know my song his favourite song and yeah. while I was portraying in this music was not anything to be proud of it was like materialism designer yeah. clothing type of thing and I realized that I was actually inspiring even just that one kid mm. like he thought that I was what I was portraying to be and at that point I was nowhere near to being what I portrayed to be
0: Yeah.
1: so time went on and I kind of realized that that life wasn't for it you know I ended up getting suspended from university you know I ended up kind of pondering upon things and you know realizing like what am I doing I've had a you know brilliant opportunity to take myself out of the area like I'd wanted to move out of my area yeah. for so long you know, but obviously it's about having the opportunity to move out and having the means to provide for yourself and etc. like, yeah. you know. So I had that through uni and I was kind of jeopardizing that. So I remember buying um at one point the autobiography of Malcolm X, yeah. you know, because I guess at that point in my life, I was a prisoner to the opinions of people. Like I was living a particular image yeah. that I thought people would like approve and, you know, kind of... I guess, validating myself based upon what other people thought rather than creating my own self worth. So I bought this book, Malcolm, the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I'd heard Malcolm X, but I never actually knew anything about him. Like, you know, if somebody asked me who Malcolm X was. I probably would have just said, Oh, he fought for black rights, you know, yeah. probably did a poster on him in school, you know, black history month, that type of thing. Yeah. But I never really knew who it was, but I didn't read it. So when I got suspended, this was, this was like two years before I got suspended. So when I got suspended in uni, I went to spend time with, in London with my father, where my father lives and, um, you know, take myself out of the situation. And on the way back, I had to go to a meeting at uni. I thought, let me just kill some time, you know, while I'm on the coach and read this book, you know, cause it's a long coach trying for me. It's like five th- hours, yeah. So, yeah. um and I was just glued, I was captivated by this book. Like, I found his story so, um, inspirational and so relatable to my life as well. Like, his whole journey that he'd been through, everything was just like, you know, the truth, it hits deep. Yeah. So, I was, that's the first book I've ever read as an adult as well. That triggered you, yeah. Differently, on 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 another level, you know. And, um, it kind of gave me this thirst for knowledge because one of the things that you know Malcolm touched on in the book was you know people just assume that what they're taught is the truth nobody kind of questions it you know nobody kind of looks into things which is the same when the messengers you know peace be upon them used to go to to the nations and you know say to them you know you can't be worshipping idols you can't be doing this and he used to say this is what we found our our ancestors doing you know so we just assume that it's right and a lot of people do that to this day you know they just assume that because of what they've grown up, what they've been taught, is the correct thing. Even to a certain extent, some Muslims do this. They don't look into their deen. They just assume that whatever they've been taught... however, In a cultural way, from culture. You you understand. So kind of went through that that route. And it gave me a thirst for knowledge. And I kind of narrowed it down to three um, religions. So, you know, I always naturally believed in one creator. So I would come to God more when I was in difficult times, yeah. you know, like there's an ayah in the Quran where Allah talks about fishermen who are at sea, you know, and they, 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 they're they criminals, they're sinful people. But then when they go to sea and Allah makes the sea stormy, you know, they start to call out, yeah, Allah save us. Yeah. And then Allah calms the sea and saves them. And then when they return back to shore, they go back to their, you know, sinful ways, you know. Yeah. And I guess that was kind of applicable to myself. Like I would only call on God in times of desperation and need, rather than being grateful for the good times, kind of thing. Yeah. And um, so I would say I would kind of start off as a default Christian. So I kind of looked into Christianity, but then I realized the issues because, because one, I never believed that you know Jesus was this white man with blue eyes and blonde hair, you know, and also. I understood that the preservation of the Bible, there's a lot of complications with that, you know, there's a lot of gaps in the Bible, the authors of the gospels are anonymous, you know, and I didn't believe that God needed somebody to come and die for his for the sins of the whole of mankind. Like if if Jesus died for all the sins of mankind, mm. then that means that every single sin that is ever going to be committed is already paid for. So then where does the motivation come from? To become the best version of yourself, even though we're never gonna be perfect. Yeah, if you, it's like me going to a restaurant and leaving my card behind, you know, till and and then saying, "Pay for everything that everyone comes in." If I was a trillionaire, let's say, you know, we a lot increase our wealth, but like, yeah, and then everyone comes in, nobody would have to bring any money. People could smash up the whole place because they knew that. I'm going to pay for everything, everything that's ever yeah. going to be... It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And when we look at the creation and we ponder upon the birds and how, you know, even them creating the aeroplane, they studied the birds and how the birds know how to navigate the wind and how, you know, fishes are born with gills and how lions are created in the same complexion that the, 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 the grass is so that they can hunt in camouflage. The power behind that doesn't need any assistance in yeah. anything. You yeah, know, so people he, ponder he, upon Apple and Steve Jobs, and they ponder upon the iPad, and they ponder upon that the the, the laptops, and they say, "Wow, this person must be a genius." Yeah. So what about <laughs> the, the the one that created all these things, or the human body, the know?
0: human mind? I said the human, the human mind. Well, mind the like and the
1: eye. How there's n- there's no camera that can be the same megapixel as the eye. Yeah. You know, even to create the camera, they studied the eye. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: So so it's <laughs> like. That that in itself, the power behind that is 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 incomprehensible. Yeah. Like it doesn't need any assistance. So Christianity kind of got removed. Then I looked into Judaism, and you know, basically, you know, with a few exceptions, but basically, to be, you can't revert to being a Jew. You know, you you have to be born into a Jew. It's like a a, a, a tribal religion. And I feel like God out there, the Creator, is all merciful or loving. You know, things that we naturally know about the Creator wouldn't be it's not somebody's fault that they're born black white yellow you know yeah so it wouldn't make sense to only select a few people to be able to have access to that career I don't feel like that career would discriminate so that kind of put one side and I looked into Islam but I didn't know anything about Islam at that point so I started to research the stories of the prophets or in, in Islam and I was mind blown because I never realized that you know the same prophets that I'd grown up hearing about—Moses, peace be upon him; peace Adam, be Adam, peace right. be upon him—you know, yeah. all these prophets were in the Quran as well. So I was so shocked, and again, I started to go to Juma prayers. You know, at this point, I did it. I don't—something was just dragging me towards Islam. You know, I started yeah, yeah. to attend Juma prayers and stuff, and you know, I had Muslim friends. So they said, you know. um just copy the person next to you so yeah. I would just copy the guy next to me and then it was funny <laughs> yeah. because you have obviously your obligatory prayers, your fired prayers which is what you do but then I would copy the guy doing his son prayers as well yeah. so I remember one occasion when I was copying the guy doing his son of prayers and he was looking at me like yo what's this guy doing is yeah. he, you know it was just kind of fun I do remember that story but I kept on going, yeah. and, going. Yeah. and then um, the final um, point of, of, of Islam was um, I was coming home from the library you know I'm always procrastinating So I was doing a last minute deadline in the library So I called a taxi home Because it was late And I have respect I would always say Salaamu Alaikum If I saw an Asian guy with a beard I would just assume that there was a Muslim So I'd always say Salaamu Alaikum So I said Salaamu Alaikum to this guy And you know Allah knows best of course But I truly believe that this guy was an angel in human form You know Because there's It could have been any other person that that arrived at that time, the slightest thing could have been different, I could have done my assignment before, but everything in my life that led up to that moment caused that man to be there picking me up at that particular time. So I said, salamu alaykum to the guy, and he said, alaykum salam, and then something made him ask me, you know, he said, are you Muslim? Like, there was no need for him to ask me if I was a Muslim, because I'm Muslim, you know know what I mean? But something made him ask me if I'm a Muslim, so I said, no, I'm not a Muslim. But I was trying to like show off to him at this point. So now I was like, you know, but I know mashallah, I know inshallah, I know wallahi, I I go to the gym of prayer. So he's like, mashallah, brother, he's like, that's very, very good. But he's like, you're not a Muslim. There's no point you going to do all these things. You know, it's now that you're a man, you need to make the decision whether or not you want to be a Muslim. Because if you was to die, Allah would have to forgive the whole of mankind if he was to forgive you, you know. So you need to make that decision because i remember growing up people always used to say to me when are you gonna take your shahada? i didn't even know what a i was yeah. and i'd be like yeah when i'm 16 you know when i'm 18 when i'm 21 yeah you know, i never even used to ask what it was because at the time you know it was coming from individuals who i guess weren't showing me islam they were just muslim you yeah. know what i mean male help us all well. yeah, I mean, yeah, so I mean. it was um it wasn't like something that i'd ever realized the severity of until this conversation. Yeah. So he was like, you know, you never know, tomorrow's never promised kind of thing. And he kind of gave me some really bold words, like yeah, the truth is sharp. I'd never been spoken to like that in regards to Islam. And I was actually angry, you know, because I, I, I guess I was uncomfortable. I was thinking, who is this guy to judge me? I know, mashallah, I know, inshallah. I want to become yeah. a Muslim one day. But then I went home <laughs> and I was pondering <clears throat> upon it. And I guess... I realized that, you know, everything he said was the truth. So I guess this, I think this was like a Tuesday. I ended up going to the, to the uni prayer hall on the Friday because at this point I thought you could only go to the mosque on a Friday for Jummah. And uh, I said to the guy, I want to become a Muslim. And he's like, you know, do you want to come to the big mosque and do it for everyone? I'm like, no, I because I didn't know what I needed to do. I didn't know whether, you know, I was going to go into a bath. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was like, no, no, I just want to do it here. And then Alhamdulillah, so much harder, and no? on that Friday, on that Friday, in November the 9th, two thousand
0: and eighteen. in Manchester, yeah, in Manchester uni University, to University man. Prayer Hall. Yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. it's quite big as well. No, nah, it's
1: literally really small, man. Okay, yeah. very small
0: room. Not too small, but it's just a little room. But know? it's enough people for the Friday for everyone.
1: So that's actually for the stuff. So the room's so small that they can only use it for the stuff. Yeah. So they usually go to another building to do the drama there yeah. for the uni. So you can imagine how small. It is, but that's where I knew Muslims were going, so I just went there. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. The so mashaAllah So that's the day you took. Mm-hmm. Then that's the from that Tuesday to Friday you contemplated and making all a decision. I was
1: telling mm-hmm. everyone that I'm gonna become a Muslim on Friday, but they thought I was joking because, like I said, I'm a bit of a joker. It? Yeah. So sometimes the, the the downside to being a joker is people don't know when to take you seriously. Yeah,
0: because they know you're so, a comedian. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm Did
1: saying like I'm gonna, you know, take my child, it's like oh yeah, 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 and then. I actually went and did it on the
0: Friday. MashaAllah, mashaAllah, Allahu So okay. that, so, you, so that was the journey to Islam. And then since then, you've been learning.
1: And yeah, so since then, I guess, you know, I'm a very eager person. Yeah, you know, I'm very competitive. Yeah. I get maybe I get that from my sporty yeah. side, from being Mindset, young, yeah. yeah. So I want to learn everything, I want to be the best at everything that I do. Yeah. So obviously, when I'm coming into Islam, Islam is a religion that humbles you because yeah. there's always somebody that, you're never gonna know everything. Yeah. You know, Allah. Is that, but you've got the like, willingness you, to learn, but you have to have the willingness to learn. And there's always willingness to learn. Sorry, and there's always you know more for you to learn. So yeah. I learned how to pray. Alhamdulillah I was able to learn at in 40 minutes. Mucha so like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you know, learning how to pray and learning the stories of the prophets, reading up on the life of the prophets, And You Know learning fiqh and akida, alhamdulillah. Now I'm learning Arabic as well. Yeah, so you know, how how many times a week do you learn? Four times a week,
0: mashallah. you go
1: in the evenings, yeah. So it's usually seven to eight o'clock, seven Monday to Thursday, seven to
0: eight. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. so mashallah. That's so that 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 habit of and the eagerness and the willingness to learn really is trans translated into your learning more about your religion basically because it's like it's just the ability in it to learn. Whatever the subject or the topic is, it's like, you've got the willingness to learn, in it? So, masha'llah you've translated that. Alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, guys. That's it for today's episode. Inshallah, we'll continue with our conversation and discussion with our dear brother, Abdul Malik, in next week's episode. And please do remember that the habits of the heart, habits of the mind, habits of the soul, and the habits of the body do matter. They shape our existing and our future in this life and the hereafter. And you don't decide your future, you decide your habits, and your habits will decide your future. Please always keep that in mind. And please, if you found this beneficial, do me a favor and share it with family and friends. And until the next episode, inshallah, take care. And I wish you success in this life and the hereafter. And I ask Allah to give us all, oh Allah, give us good in this life and the after. Save safeguard us from the punishment of hell fire amen assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh